Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. They haven't considered God. You know what, if there is no God and this world by a big bang established, then that's how I'm going to interpret all of life. And when I see the sunrise and I think, what a beautiful sunrise, thank you, Lord. What is somebody who doesn't believe in God? Oh, what a beautiful sunrise. Thank you, Mother Nature. Thank you, Big Bang. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand that. But you see, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, when I see His hand of creation, when I see the stars, when I understand the message of the stars, how they speak of our Lord Jesus Christ coming for our redemption. Of course, Satan has twisted that and changed it. You see, in all of those, if we get away from our knowledge of who God is... Then we come up with a flawed conclusion. We cannot come up with the right answer because you don't have the right facts. That's why the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the foundation. It's the primary thing. That's where we've got to start. That's why so much of science today, when they've taken God out of science, the greatest scientist, by the way, our kids used to have a book, and I'll finish my thought. Our kids used to have a book of Christians that were scientists and the great impact that they had in science, like Isaac Newton, and I could go on and on, or others that impacted societies like Francis Bacon and so many others because they had a strong conviction of who God was. They knew who God was. So they started from the right basis and it brought them to the correct answer. But if we leave God out of the equation, we cannot come to the right answer. Francis Schaeffer wrote a great book called How Should We Then Live? And it documents especially how the Roman government, but they take various societies, and it shows that as they move away from God, they become more and more abstract. First in their art, the abstract art, the music, all of those things become more and more abstract. And then in the law, the application of law becomes more abstract. And you know what? Do, does this mean this? Does that mean that? Well, we're not quite sure. And so we're going to apply it this way this time. That way on this occasion. How many times have our lawmakers tried to go back and they've tried to fix it because they've said, well, this court has dictated it this way and this one. And we don't want it to be dictated two different ways. Because you see, we've left God out of our society. We've left God out of our arts. We've left him out of our law. And then it happens in the everyday application of the job. Pleasure takes greater priority over having, recognizing that, boy, I'm doing a good job and recognizing the greatness. And so he goes back and he shows how the products became of lesser quality, of lesser performance, how they broke down 
We're seeing that in our day and age. The worth ethics became poorer and poorer because people were just striving for pleasure. Does that sound like today? It's because so many have moved away from a basic knowledge of the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of Him. You see, we have to have an understanding of the infinite even though we are finite. We have to understand and we have to seek to know God in His greatness, in His infinite magnificence that we are in true awe of Him even though we are limited and finite. Both run up into mystery, science, in the unknowable ground or substance behind all the phenomena. Religion stands before the inscrutable and unutterable God. You see, when we have the fear of the Lord and the beginning of knowledge, then we can begin to have the right concept and our religion, our belief in God, our walk with the Lord is in a right perspective. So the true mood is the same in both. We've got to begin a life of humility, sincerity, of self-denial. We don't hear much about that any longer. Christ said, if you'll follow me, pick up your cross and follow me daily. That's not a popular message for today. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Our life is a life of service to Him if you're a child of God. And then it grows to the impassioned love of the truth, that we love the truth no matter what. The rejection of religion, the rejection of knowing the true God means leads us to folly. And by the way, the Hebrew word for fool is a very strong word. It's crass, it's stupid, insensible. It, it sometimes... It gives the idea of a stone. If you are a fool, you're a stone. You're a rock. You are a stock. You are worse than a senseless thing. Wow, amazing that that's what the Word of God... Folly is always the opposite of some true attitude of the mind and temper. So it's taking a false measure of self in some kind of a relationship. It says, oh, look at who I am. And then recognizing, boy, I, I must be something. Now... In children, when somebody has an imaginary idea, it's cute. It's a cute thing. And maybe children have an imaginary friend and they think about all this. Now maybe in our day and age with the spread of drugs, you've probably seen people that are out of their mind and they're walking along and they're talking and that's a little scary when somebody has such an imaginary schizophrenic episode. But for the rational man to live in a false imagery. So true wisdom lies in the sense that we have very little except for the true concept of God. And understanding God in His, in his greatness, in His awesomeness. I can't, I can't explain how amazing our God is. The child of God has to beware. That in all of this world, it's assailing us, it's attacking us, it's trying to unload on us their worldly philosophies. It's trying to press on us. And so we always have to ask, if I'm reading a book, if I'm watching television, if I'm listening to some podcast or whatever it might be, whatever the media, what is the philosophy behind it? Is the philosophy behind it the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge? Or do they have some other philosophy? So the fear of the Lord implies a right state of heart. It is 
a loving, devoted confidence. It is conscience of the peace of God. It is the knowledge of God. It's understanding God's plan, His character, His hatred for sin, His laws of holiness, His way of mercy. Those are are more excellent than anything else that this world could say. Men might speak in philosophy, and I've heard many, many different, read all kinds of philosophers, great minds. But let me tell you, there's no one that has a greater philosophy, no one that has a greater understanding than what you'll find in the Word of God. The moral encompasses of our affairs in this life, the moral life around us, And really, we have to come back to the knowledge of God is the root of knowledge. The knowledge of God is the root of all true knowledge. And that's why we see our society falling apart. Our society seems hopeless. And let me tell you that when you are hopeless, and you are helpless, the fear of the Lord is knowledge. When you cannot go on, when you have find no hope in this world because it is a helpless, hopeless world, what do you believe about God? What do you think about God? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. When I know God is my only help, my only hope, you see, now it causes me to rely upon Him. You see, Proverbs 14.27 says that the fear of God is the fountain of life. Consider the distinction between fear and reverence. Fear says repel, right? And reverence attracts. Hi, let me interrupt for just a moment and update you with some information. You can now contact us at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. We also now live stream services on landmarkstockton, all one word, dot com. Or you can see us on Facebook at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church of Stockton. We look forward to hearing from you. We would love to send you information. So thank you and back to our podcast. And so that's the idea. It's not the fear of God that's a repelling. It's a reverence for God that attracts us to Him. That's where we're going. This is the fountain of life. And when our reverence has found its place in our hearts, it is a fountain to our life. It is a fountain of all life. And so in all of our reason, and some people might say, oh, you're not being rational. You're not really putting this down, but you cannot have reverence on Sunday and irreverence through the week. Just shouldn't fit in the life of a child, a God. Reverence in the church and irreverence in daily life. Leaving the reverence of God, well, we're out of church now, I'm going to live some other way. Watch out. We are to press toward the knowledge of God to a higher level, a grander, a broader, a nobler level. We ought to recognize the divine reverence. If you haven't recognized it today, then in the future, tomorrow, look to see the hand of God. In the early 60s, there was a man by the name of A.W. Tozer, and he defined and identified a lack of reverence in the Lord's churches, or in churches in general. And in his book called The Knowledge of the Holy, he wrote the words, Be still and know that I am God, mean next to nothing 
to the self-confident, bustling worshiper in this middle period of this 20th century. Be still and know that I am God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Can you be still and know that I am God? Can you be still and put your faith in Him? You see, you cannot walk a life of faith without having fear of the Lord as the beginning of knowledge. They just don't fit. The fear of God will urge us to study His Word. The fear of God will influence us in our devotions. The fear of God will bring us to the business of the day in our right frame of mind so that we carry on every day in that right frame. The fear of God enables us to bear the trials, the disappointments of life. And in the last trial of all, in the hour of death, we shall assuredly reap the fruit of having lived in the fear of the Lord. And then if we have nothing else to fear, I found the words of a poem, and I'll close out with this. This poem by John Greenleaf Whittier, speaking of God, he says, Drop thy still dews in quietness, till all our striving cease. Take from our soul the strain and stress, and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace. You see, as we're going to close out, we want to recognize that what we believe in God is, is very, very crucial to how you live today, how you live tomorrow, how you apply this. What is the knowledge of God? Do you have the fear of the knowledge of God? Do you have fear of God, the great and the mighty things to go on? Men may ask that question. Is my God real? Is my God real? Is God real in your heart, real in your soul? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. How about you? Do you know Him? Do you know Him as Lord and Savior? Do you understand that He came to this world to die for you? And He's given His life blood so that we can have eternal life. So that you can be saved. So that you can now begin to live in the fear of the knowledge of God. With that reverence, with that respect, with that understanding of who God is. How about your theology? Is it just religion and you compartmentalized it and that? Or do you have a real right understanding of God and a real right concept of God that means that you live differently today? That means that you put it into effect today. That you get up and you look at the Word of God and it impacts your day. It impacts how you live. That you're able to pray. That you know that you can go to the Lord and He hears your prayers. And He answers those prayers. You see, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Without it, we might as well just say, well, good luck. For we might as well eat, drink, and for tomorrow we die. There is no hope. But when you are in that hopeless, helpless place, our God is a God of hope and a God of help, who has given eternal life and they offer today to you. And then if you're a member of this church or one of our sister churches, let me just remind you our purpose. 
Our purpose is to reach people and teach people. We want to reach people for Christ and teach people. Now, maybe you want to look for ways to do that. You want to be useful. We want every member recognizing it is all of our position. It's all of our job. Not the preacher's job. Not the daddy's job. It's all of our job to reach people. Maybe you could say, hey, I want to share something with you. Maybe online. Or I want to share the word of God with you. Some way, ask God to open up the doors so that you can reach people or teach people. And I pray that the work of this church is always to bring people to Christ, reaching people and teaching people. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.